in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up and part of The Morning Chalk Up Podcast Network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Markier Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Markier Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and me, you may be our next winner. Thanks. Okay, can we talk about the most delicious protein bars ever made? They have 20 grams of protein, no added sugar. The macros are phenomenal, like 200 calories. They are delicious, like a treat. Can't believe that the macros are the way they are and that the nutrients are what they are because they taste like a candy bar. Um, and I know my candy bars pretty well. I'm like a Snickers type of person. There's no aftertaste. They have so many flavors to choose from. If you don't, if you're not a fan of the caramel cashew, they've got salty peanut. They have a hazelnut nougat. They've got a chocolate dough, a crispy fudge, um, cookies and cream, white chocolate almond. They're all delicious, but check them out at bearbells.com and uh, try some for yourself. You won't be sorry. They're delicious. Totally awesome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. He's the Clydesdale. That's Scott. These are her friends, me and Charlie. And we're making a new friend today with Christine Kohlenbrander. Christine, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Real good. So awesome. happy you could join us. Really appreciate your time. Know you're probably a little busy, but hopefully today's Thursday. Is today your rest day by any chance? Yeah, rest day. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, good. So we caught you with some time on your hands. Um, I want to get started with a question. I reached out to you last August um, mm -hmm. on your Instagram because you had posted, I guess, like a ask me anything type of a thing. And I don't know if it was me that jumped in or someone else jumped in and said, would you ever consider doing a podcast? Yeah. You know, for us, that's a great way to break the ice with people and, and get guests like you on the show. Um, and you were pretty hesitant um, about coming on. You said you weren't really comfortable in front of the camera, you know, and, and didn't do that. So, and you never, that was fine. Like we didn't talk again. You know, I still follow you obviously. And um, I was at the Mac, we were covering media for a morning chalk up 
And obviously you had, you know, a great weekend and people know you typically as a team's athlete um, from the mm -hmm. games, 2000, was it 17 and 18 with yeah. CrossFit 417? Um, yeah. And maybe not so much as an individual athlete, but I reached out again and, and now you've agreed. What changed? Why, why are you doing this? What, what made you more comfortable? Um, well, I do feel like over the last year, I have gotten just more comfortable in front of a camera. Um, and just, I think a little more confident in myself, you know? Um, but then also I think just with podcasts, I just sometimes have seen it go wrong with people, you know, like they're asked questions that they're not uncomfortable with or say something that maybe gets framed in a negative way. So I guess just like, I don't know, that was kind of my fear that maybe I would say something wrong or whatever. But um, I was actually just on my first podcast the other day with uh, Active Life with a good friend, Dr. Sean, and it went really good. And then you had reached out, I think, right after that. And that okay. one had and I actually really enjoyed it. It was a really good conversation. So um, it was just kind of like, you know, it just, it went so well. And I was like, why not do another one? So it was good timing for sure. Yeah. We, we got lucky. That's, that's for sure. Well, I mean, we can assure you that I think our podcast is a little different too. We're not, we're not trying to get you, <laughs> you know, we're not going yeah, to that kind of like look for the gossip and the drama and I'm just not about that so yeah but after like I feel like I'm getting better at sensing too like just looking back at our conversation and then like the message that you sent me I felt good about it so good. no no creeper vibes that's good yeah <laughs> I'm working on that <laughs> no all right awesome so team twice uh team CrossFit 417 with your boyfriend Jared yep and another couple, Bailey and Tyler. Yep. Um, how did how did you start? You know, getting into that team environment, and what made you made you start CrossFit? Um, so I started CrossFit. I just missed being an athlete. I was an athlete my whole life. Um, and then one of my friends that I grew up doing gymnastics with, I had seen her. She had started CrossFit after college gymnastics, um, and she was just posting some things about CrossFit, and it looked really interesting to me. Um, so I contacted her and went to a class and kind of fell in love with it right away. Um, at first, I was like, I just wanted to do this to be healthy, you know, um, but my competitive nature just kind of kicked in, and I think within like three months or so, signed up for a competition with, with that friend. Um, and just had a blast with it and was really motivated by like, just wanting to get better at the things that I was bad at and just seeing like the crossovers with that in real life too. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then from there, what, let me interrupt I, you. what year was that? That was, so I started summer of 2015. Okay. Um, and did like, like a local partner competition that fall. Mm -hmm. what were Did, you what were you not good at when you first started you said um, well, I, coming from gymnastics I was really good at the stuff that most people struggle with like the high level skill stuff um but I wasn't good at like just basic crossfit like cardio wall balls burpees running like the most basic things that most people can kind of come in and like hang with I feel like that's what I struggled with 
for sure. Double unders, that was a big one. For sure. <laughs> it was, I think, part of endurance, part of it. Okay. Yeah. And so the, but, when did you decide that you sh would be competitive in a, in a broader scale? So I did the open for the first time in 2016. Um, didn't really know what it was when I signed up, kind of got pressured into it from the people at my gym in a good way. They were like, it's super fun to do this. Um, but like my first week of the open, like I didn't redo my workout or anything like that. I was like, why would I redo it like that? <laughs> um, but then by the end of the open, fully understood what was going on and like checking my name on the leaderboard. Um, and I think like that was back when we had like regions and everything. Uh, I think I was like a hundred and something in my region. So it was kind of like, okay, I feel like with some hard work, I could get there, you know? So that was super motivating. And then after that, at that point in time, did you have like a coach or a mentor in the sport or were you still just kind um, of going to classes and yeah, just the owner of the gym. Um, he was friends with Jared, actually. That's how that connection happened. But so like he used to live here in Missouri and then he moved back to Michigan. But so he had been around like competitive athletes, but our gym in Michigan, I'm originally from Michigan. Um, our gym in Michigan wasn't like, it was more like a family-based gym, you know? But he was like, he could see that in me. So he kept like encouraging that, like you should sign up for a competition. Like if anything, I think I was a little hesitant um, and he kept, kind of kept pulling that out of me and I'm so thankful for that. Um, so he was like my coach and mentor at that point, but it wasn't like an official, like, I, I don't know. Like he was just the owner of the gym, you know? So, but they, so he encouraged me to sign up for Granite Games that summer, 2016. Um, and I did the qualifier and I wound up getting in to the elite division, which was like, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> um, so I wound up competing individually 2016 at Granite Games and that was kind of the first time like like I was hanging with some of these girls that I knew were really good and part of that was because I was the gymnast and was good at like those higher level I'm naturally strong so like got away with that stuff tanked in other events um but after that I was kind of like okay I want to do this and came back home and was feeling a little bit like um, I was training by myself all the time. Like I was still going to classes, but like to do extra work, like there wasn't really anyone at my gym at that time that wanted to be competitive. So it was just kind of feeling like a little alone in that. And um, at Granite Games, my coach, he was there watching me and he actually had a conversation with Jared and um, the year before, one of the girls on their team had gotten pregnant. So she wasn't going to be on the team the next year. So he was just kind of saying like, we need a girl on our team next year. I'm not going to like guarantee her a spot, but if she wanted to come down, she could try. So this, this would involve you moving gyms then? Yeah, Missouri from Michigan. Um, 
but at that point in my life, I didn't really have like, I didn't love the job I was at. Um, it honestly was just like perfect timing for everything. Mm-hmm. And so my coach approached me about the opportunity and it was kind of just like, normally I sit on decisions for a long time, but that, that decision was like, I knew it was the right thing. I knew that was my path and it was like an immediate yeah, I'm going to do this and I'll figure out all the details later. (laughs) What were you doing for work? At that point, I was working at a salon, actually a hair salon. Okay. And so, and so you basically picked up and moved Mm -hmm. for this thing called CrossFit. Yep. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big step. Yeah. Especially with people that I I assume at the time you didn't know Jared. Nope. Not very women passing. Um, didn't know anybody in Missouri, uh, and it was like pretty intense when I moved down. There were five girls competing for three spots on the team. That's when we had six people on the team. So it was like people were friendly, but it was very like we're here to work, you know. Um, the dynamic has changed a lot. <laughs> So I have, I have a quick question before we move yeah. into the next phase is you, you grew up in one of my favorite cities in the country. Really? I love Grand Rapids, Michigan. Awesome. Yeah, I love Grand Rapids too. It is, it is a cool walk around city. You can yeah. do a lot of things just by kind of walking around. And um, I, I used to have to go there for business all the time. And I miss it now that I'm in a new job and don't get to do that. But yeah. yeah. And you were a gymnast growing up? Uh-huh. And you said you were that your whole life? Yep. So yeah, I started when I was five. Um, I wound up quitting when I was a sophomore in high school because I had to get knee surgery, big long story. But yeah, I was a gymnast for a very long time. And you were, were you the serious kind where you were doing it all day? Yeah, very serious guy. Yeah, like four, four to six hour practices a day. Um, the four hour practices started like in elementary school. So was very used to working hard all day long for sure. So do you think that helped you move into CrossFit with that work ethic? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Like if anything, like, I feel like it was like a good familiar, like I just really enjoy that maybe just because growing up, that's what I knew, you know, but yeah, for sure. How did your, how did your family react to you moving away? I think that, so at that point in my life, like I was kind of going through that weird point of life where you're trying to figure out who you are and what you're going to do with your life. Um, I think we all go through that. So I think my parents were a little bit like, this is random, you know? Um, And I haven't asked them this, but I feel like they thought I was just going to go for a little bit and then change my mind and come back. But here we are um, four years later and I'm still here. Um, I think that it was really good for our relationship just to kind of like for me to get away from home and like figure out who I was apart from being at home and being able to, you know, find a full-time job and provide for myself, have my own apartment and all those sorts of things. So they, I, my parents have always been very supportive of me. Um, even if they don't 
say it necessarily all the time. Like, I think they know that like, I'm going to go after things with a hundred percent and with passion. Um, but I think that one was a little bit like, what are you doing? <laughs> but now like they love it. Like there definitely was a period of like, what is CrossFit learning what CrossFit is, but now like, I mean, just this past or two weekends ago, like they were texting me after every event, like they're so into it, which is really cool. That's great. That's great. So you make this big move, you, yeah. you find your way on the team for two years. Yeah. And the, I actually got cut from the team, but then back got put back in for the game. So I didn't compete at regionals. Yeah. I hurt my right before regionals. Um, so they put and fantastic athletes at our gym. Um, all of us girls, I think it was such a hard deci decision for Jared and one of the other team captains to make who was going to be on the team. But I hurt my back right before regionals. So I actually got told that I wasn't going to be on the team, which was really hard just because it was like I picked up everything, you know, and moved down there, worked so hard for this. And then was told we're not going to have you on the team. Um, but I kept training with the team. Um, and then it wound up being that one of the girls that was on the team, she got hurt right before the games, which really sucked for her. Um, but because I had been training with them still and like, okay, I'm just going to try to be the best alternate that I can be. I actually got in for the games in 2017. So the games was really like my first big competition with the team, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And they had, and few of them had gone for a couple years prior to that. Right. So they yeah. were like team games veterans. Right. Was sort of definitely the rookie. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What was that like? <laughs> were you sort of doughy at the wide and yeah, I think that, so there was one other girl, Bailey was a rookie too that year. So like, I think her and I kind of stuck together a lot through like kind of figuring out what's, I don't know, like how we should be acting and just, you know, like handling nerves and all that kind of stuff. But I do think coming from gymnastics, that background, like I've been taught my whole life to be able to handle nerves. So um at that point with training with the team, like, and getting like my back pain under control, I knew I was very confident that I was a good fit on the team and that I could hold my own. So. So did that make it easier for the decision the following year for you to be on the team again? Yeah. And the following year is when they cut it down to four people. Um, and it just, it actually, it was crazy how different 2017 and 2018 was because in 2017, like I said, there, we had like five girls wanting those three spots. Um, but then in 2018, one of the girls had moved away. Mallory, who had gotten hurt, the one that I replaced for the game, she was still dealing with those injuries, like had to get like surgery and dealing with all that. Um, and then Kelly had wound up getting hurt too. So Bailey and I were really the only options in 2018. 
Um, and it was actually the boys in 2018 that was a harder decision trying to figure out who was going to be on the team. So it really flip-flopped the next year. Okay. So fill us in between the, the games in 2018 and then what did, what did you pursue in 2019 with all the changes in sanctionals and things? And I apologize if you guys went to sanctionals and I just didn't know or there were um, a lot of things to cover in 2019 with people going in every direction. But what did that season look like for you? So that was pretty crazy. I think for everybody, just like trying to figure out like what the season looked like, what the rules were. Um, yeah, I remember waking up and someone sent me like what the new structure was, but there wasn't like a ton of details. I think everyone felt that way. Just like each day was kind of new information that you're getting. Um, we did do... We did Rogue Invitational that year, and we did Wadapalooza, and we did Granite Games. Um, but we did not qualify to the CrossFit Games. I think at Wadapalooza, we were, like, super close. I don't even remember what all the placings were that year. But we were pretty close at most of them, but we didn't wind up making it. Um, there was a little bit of, like, Tyler was kind of experimenting with like wanting to maybe go individual. So he was doing like some qualifiers for individual. Yeah. I feel like that year was just kind of like, we weren't as structured as we were in 2018. I think we all were like, yeah, we want to make it to the games, but just like the lack of like knowledge and organization and just, we had some different life events going on. Um, so it was still fun to be able to compete at the sanctioned events for sure, but yeah, didn't qualify to the CrossFit Games that year. Okay. And then 2020, the, <laughs> well, besides, yeah, besides the obvious, did you have, yeah. did you have aspirations to, to be team again? No, was that 20 was the year that I was like, I'm going to try to go individual. Um, I think in the, so that year you could qualify to the CrossFit Games through the Open. Um, and basically those were the only people that competed at the CrossFit Games mm -hmm. that year. There were from sanction events. Um, I think I was 49th that year, 49th. Did you have plans to do any of the sanctions, sanctional events? I yeah. assume you did. Which one yeah. did you do? Actually, like right before the world shut down um we had just bought our plane tickets for west coast classic and i was super excited about that one um they had released that like the workouts were all going to be past regional events which jared had competed in a lot of like the individual past um individual or sorry individual regional events um so i don't know like he was going to do a team and I was going to do individual and like it was just we were super excited about it finally booked our plane tickets and literally the next day like everything shut down so yeah I was going to do that one and I think I was going to do the mid-Atlantic yeah. um I think there was one other one that I qualified for I can't remember what it was okay I, was that was Jared going to do the West Coast Classic with Chrissy Aramo O'Connor? Yeah, yeah yes. I thought so. Yeah, I go to her gym. Yeah. Oh, okay. We love Chrissy so much. Yeah. So yeah. do we. Okay. So <laughs> now you're qualifying. You're you're looking to qualify for the 2021 CrossFit Games. Things are 
a little bit back to normal for the most part, but the rules have changed again. Yeah. Um, we've got this different process. Um, did I see you at the fittest? Were you at the fittest in Austin? I thought yeah. so. I saw Jared sort of walking around. Um, I ran that outside floor where they okay. had the horrible running event. Yeah, that one was bad. That was our first event. <laughs> yeah. And when I say horrible, I mean nasty. I don't mean horrible like it was a bad event, but it was just, it looked really yeah. hard. <laughs> Sure. Was that uh, your first like foray into live events since the pandemic? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, actually, we did. Um, we heard HOA. Yeah. So HOA in the fall, which is a team event. Me, Jared, Sam Dancer, and then Danielle Dunlap. Okay. Um, so that was really our first competition since the pandemic, uh, which was so much fun and just like kind of reminded us all how much we missed competing and just having live, but then yeah, I did the fittest experience as well. Okay. In, was it in February? Uh, yeah, I think it was late February in, uh, in Austin. That was a fun one. So then you make it through the open, you make it through quarterfinals, you're, you're slated to go to Mac. Did you get to pick Mac? Was, was Mac assigned to you? How did that work? So they sent out an email asking us which ones we would want to go to in order. Um, of greatest to least. And yeah, that was my first pick. Um, and it just reminded me a lot of what was like in Tennessee, like we were in Tennessee in 2017 and 2018. Um, and it was around that same weekend. And I don't know, that one just stuck out to me. I put Granite Games as my second one, but yeah, got my first. Okay. So if people didn't know who you were before the Mac, yeah, um, you snatched 210 pounds in the one rep max snatch event. Yeah. A lot of people took notice of that. Yeah. So that- And, and that's not a gymnastics move. I was gonna say, yeah, you've got this huge gymnastics base and now all of a sudden you're like the strongest woman on the floor. What, how did that happen? <laughs> I think like, so, before I started CrossFit, I had never even touched a barbell. Um, but I think there's a lot of crossover with Olympic lifting and gymnastics, just like with the body awareness um, and technique, and especially with snatching, like kind of having to be perfect with it to perform the snatch. So I took a liking to Olympic lifting and especially snatching right away um, when I started CrossFit. And I don't know, like I have worked really hard on my strength, but it has been something that has come easier to me for sure. Um, I wouldn't say that it happened by accident, snatching 210 pounds, like I've worked really hard, but yeah. And was that a PR for you or did you match a PR? So it was a competition PR and then a match PR for just in training, but I've only hit that one time um, in 2018. I've hit 205, like, I don't even know how many times, but then for some reason, when I go up to 210 in training, I've missed it a million times. So that was a big confidence booster too, to just hit 210 again for the first time in three years. So I have a weird question about that event. Okay. Um, you actually got in Tia's head during that event. And that is very rare. You don't see that happen very much in competition with her. She looked down, saw what you put on the bar and changed what she had on the bar. Yeah. 
how does that make you feel as a competitor when you actually make another competitor get outside their game? We talked about it afterwards. Um, and she kind of said like, man, I should have just stayed at 210. But I just told her like, as like, I'm just so competitive and I'm, I've been an athlete in my whole life. And so like, even though she missed it, like she went for it, you know? And to me, that's exciting to just see that competitive nature. Um, so it was cool. I don't want to be like, oh, it was cool that I frazzled her, you know, but like, uh, I, I thought it was cool to see that competitive nature come out in her and just be like, I'm going to go for it, you know? So the whole event was just really neat. I thought, and like going into it, I kind of thought, you know, cause they did it by seating who went first. So I had to go first and then they could see what I snatched and then adjust their weight so technically I was in the worst or the not as favorable position but then it was kind of funny to watch how it played out of like oh I'm gonna do more now because she just did this so it was almost like almost an advantage in a way you know yeah we're gonna take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor up before you coffee they are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. Were you, if I was looking at the stage, were you all the way to the far right? The first? Yeah. yeah. So in the second round, yep. yeah. the, the woman that went behind you decided yeah. not to go. Yes. And they made you go earlier than you were supposed to go. <sighs> It yeah. was frustrating to watch. I, no one was telling me what to do. And my poor judge, he actually messaged me on Instagram and was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't have any idea what was going on. Um, so I guess the girl, the number six spot, she had hurt her back or something before competition. So she had decided I'm just going to do one lift to get a lift on the board. And then I'm not going to do my second two lifts. I'm not going to risk more injury, but mm -hmm. none of us that. So on the second lift and you only get 20 seconds to lift. So they're like announcing her. Actually, I don't even know if they announced her. I looked yeah. over and she was like standing there and I was like, are like pointing at her, like, are you going? And like, no one was saying anything. And I looked at my judge, I'm like, am I supposed to be going? And they're like, I have no idea. <sighs> and I think the announcer said something like, and Christine Kohlenbrenner has 200 pounds on the bar, which yeah. freaked me out because I'm like, that makes me feel like I'm supposed to be going right now. You know, like, am I running out of time? And I asked my judge, I'm like, am I supposed to be going right now? And he did, had no idea. So I just lifted it because I'm like, I don't want to run into a situation where they're like, oh, she decided not to take her lift. <laughs> I yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. That was super nerve wracking to watch too, just because I knew exactly what was happening, you know? Yeah. 
and I knew that you didn't have to go, but I know you're thinking to yourself, if I don't go and then I get penalized for not going, I don't right. want to have to appeal this and blow, you know, it's just a, a big I, mess. To or get like for touching the bar too soon, you right. know, like, oh, but once they said my name and my judge was like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, okay, I'm it because I'd rather get a score or at least hit it and know I can do my third. Right. And, and it worked out the third round, right? They gave, they gave you some extra time. So you didn't have to go. You didn't get yeah. To go third, kind of assumed she wouldn't be lifting. Um, waited for them to say my name and say like three, two, one lift or whatever. But, mm. yeah. yeah. Sort of a crazy way to start your weekend <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what were your thoughts on the new torque tank? So I actually did a random, have you heard of DecaFit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like a Spartan, it's like a spinoff of Spartan Race. It's like an indoor tin event thing with running in between. And I did that last, I think it was last winter, last fall. Um, and they actually had one of those there. So I had pushed one before. Um, I do like it in competition for the reason that I think it makes it more fair with us like versus a sled. I've been in situations at competitions, especially outside on turf where a sled, depending on the lane that you're in, if it's really hot and the turf heats up, it can stick to the turf. So I do think that the torque tank is a really good option for competition just to make it more of a level playing field. Well, I noticed you pushed with your shoulders instead yep. of an extended arm. And that became kind of the trend at the Mac. And yep. I don't know if you noticed, but at Granite Games, they did not allow that. Oh, they, <laughs> they did not. They, you actually had to use the crossbar to push with instead of the arms. Well, I did not. And I think they added the crossbar because the crossbar wasn't on the machines that you guys, you, you didn't have an option to push like this. Oh, I think it was you just had to hold like this. So when you guys went on your shoulders and did it, I guess, I don't know, it didn't seem like it was necessarily an advantage. It was just a smart way to do it that didn't kill your grip. Yeah, it took some relief off your arms going into the, because we had skiing and chest of ours. Um, but actually on my last push, I did put, because Jessica Griffith and I were kind of like coming off the bar at the same time. So I knew that I had to, push the sled faster to win that event. Um, so I put my hands on the, I think it was faster to put your hands on the bars and, and kind of dig in versus just do, doing your shoulders. That's interesting, yeah. So any other events stand out for you that weekend? I really, really liked the last event. Like that one was super fun. Um, and then, I mean, the one that sticks out to me is the one I did the worst in just because, you know, going over all the things in my head of what could have been different, the wall ball running, uh, ring muscle up one. So yeah. yeah, I have plans to try that one again in training sometime. <laughs> For sure. What was it like? I haven't had a chance to ask an athlete this and I want I wanted to all weekend. Um, the runners were very close to the crowd yeah and, and you guys were one blind to what was behind you 
couldn't see, you know, who, where your competitors were unless you were, they were on the machines with you. And yeah. you're like this close to two rows of media and then like five rows up all the fans. Like, yeah. what was that like to just stare at people <laughs> while you're running and suffering? Like, what were you thinking about? <laughs> Yeah, I did have a thought while I was running at one point, like there was a camera so close to me and I was like, what's going on? Um, but I could like see Jared very well. So like that was kind of nice because like I was mentally struggling in that workout and just kind of like looking up at him. He was like, you got to go, you know, like you can do this, like kind of doing me with things. So like that was actually pretty nice. Um but yeah, it was really close to the crowd. I guess I didn't really think about the crowd that much. Honestly, from gymnastics, like we've been so trained our whole lives to like not be distracted by things. Like in practice at gymnastics, we would literally have our teammates like run around the balance beam while we're doing flips on the balance beam just to like not let things get in our head and distract us. So yeah, that doesn't bother me too much. The camera at one point I was like, Whoa, that's really close, but it was fine. And as a follow-up to that, the the arena was built so that the crowd was close, which okay. made it really cool and intimate, right? With yeah. you could hear the crowd, you could hear the energy, you could feel the energy a lot more. Did you like that aspect of it? Yeah, for sure. And I think like just from like the restrictions that they had had in place before, it wasn't as filled up um as what it might have been but because of that it felt like it was a full arena with the crowds for sure with the cheers mm -hmm. or i assume you're following some of these other semifinals in terms yeah. of programming and who's going and who's doing what we're gonna we're gonna do a segment in a couple weeks probably with morning chalk up to talk about um the fairness of the programming across the board in terms of, you know, online people are doing all the same thing and they're at home versus, you know, different events favoring different kinds of athletes sort of, do you have some thoughts on that without being like super critical and. Yeah. Um, I honestly was surprised that they didn't run it the way that regionals was in the past where the programming was all the same to me, that seems like the most fair way to do it. Um, especially when you're running into situations like with Tia, where she couldn't travel back to Australia, you know, if it were all the same programming, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal for her to just do it online. You know, right. um, other people in that same kind of situation, like you can just do that, that same programming online, you know? Um, so that's kind of, my first thought about it. It also is, I mean, it's fun to watch like different programming and I've tried to think about like why they did it the way that they did. And maybe this is the only thing I can really come up with. Like they're having like CrossFit games isn't hosting it. Like Mac is hosting it. Granite Games is hosting it. West Coast Classic is hosting it. And they kind of, like I noticed with Granite Games, they used a lot of the equipment that I know that they've had in the past. So like maybe just like with the funding that they have or whatever, like maybe that's kind of how they program it based on like what the person that, or the company that's hosting it has, available, you know what I mean? Like with different yeah. sponsors. Yeah, sponsors like I think is the key 
you yeah. know, they, both events had very different sponsorships. And if you don't have um, Rogue Echo Bikes, then you can't use Rogue Echo Bike, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my maybe on what, why the programming is different, but I do think for fairness sake, it would have made sense to have the same programming. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll be looking at that in the future too. Like this every year, I feel like we learn, we learn some things. Um, Just knowing that having been to Granite Games before and having been to Mac before, there were things in the programming to me that were very characteristic of Mac and very characteristic of Granite Games. So you're yeah. right. And I don't know if it's equipment sponsors, but there's definitely sort of everyone has their own kind of vibe. Right. And I think too, like, if you know that going into when they send out that survey of like, which one would you want to go to? It's like, if you know what kind of athlete you are and what type of programming is characteristic of Granite Games or Mac or West Coast, whatever, it's like, you can kind of play that game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have picked a different uh, event? No. Okay. I don't, um, I will say I like Mac, I would say they programmed a lot of like movements that are characteristic of Mac, but they were longer than what, um, I feel like they were in the past, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, and maybe this is just the optimistic side of me but I feel like everything happened the way that it was supposed to happen um and there was a small part of me watching Grand Games that was like I feel like I could do really good in these workouts but I also know that like to be the cross athlete that I want to be I want to be able to handle any workout that is thrown at me so yeah that's a great mindset to have um speaking of Grand Games did you have a favorite workout at Grand Games like that you would have crushed we were like traveling the whole time that we were watching it. So, um, let me think. I can't even remember them off the top of my head. I'll I just, one. The one right like, back there. Workouts, like more powerful, intense type workout instead of like grinding through something. Yeah. What do you think of the two youngsters? I love watching it. It's, it's like inspiring and discouraging at the same time. <laughs> Like, it's so inspiring. Um, but I think that we all are feeling like, wow, like there's kind of a new bar set, you know, which is really cool. Like, I think that it gives everybody the opportunity of like stepping up to that. And I feel like we've seen it over and over again in CrossFit. Like when someone raises the bar, like people rise to that occasion. So, um, no, I think it's super fun to watch. And even just like the competition, competition between the two teenagers is super fun to watch. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Okay. So you hit, you make sixth place mm-hmm. at Mac last chance qualifier. What do you know about the last chance qualifier as someone who's actually going to do it? Yeah. You know anything about it except for when it is? The weekend of July 2nd, it's going to be online. You do it at your own gym. Um, That's about all I know. Okay. So based on CrossFit's history. Yeah. Are you studying the semifinal workouts very studiously? 
Like, are we, do we think that they're gonna repeat those? Possibly, but then it's like, it's like the friendly Fran one is already a repeat. And then the Gretel is already a repeat of Mac. Right. So part of me thinks they're gonna be just all completely different. Um, I do have some friends that are competing in the online one. So I'm gonna test a couple of the workouts just to kind of give them some feedback about some things, but. Good, yeah. I mean, I, I liken it to people who were doing individual, doing team and doing age line on cloud fires and doing like the same workouts three weeks in a row. So yeah. you, know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. So what's your game plan then? You only have what, four weeks, three weeks? About a month. Um, basically just train as hard as I can the next couple weeks and then taper appropriately going into the last chance, just like position. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, got back to working out hard this Monday. I was so sore on Tuesday, but I it like I'm gonna get as much work in as I can the next few weeks and then like I'm I'm having the mindset of like I'm training for the games right now and then we're just gonna do the last chance qualifier and see what happens and go from there got it that makes sense so I have a, I have a couple questions that aren't CrossFit related yeah so I love love your artwork thank you the the art lettering that you do is really cool um and it has been picked up by junk brands uh, for yeah. their headbands. And you wear those in competition and it's really cool. And do you want to just share how that came about? Yeah. Um, so this is such a cool story. Like, I feel like as athletic as I am, I'm also artistic. And when I got into CrossFit, it felt like a huge, like when I got into the competition part of CrossFit, it felt like you know, this is kind of who I was created to be. And I'm living into this athletic part of me that I feel like God has given me. Um, but after a couple of years, I just started feeling like I have this whole other side of me, this artistic creative side of me that is like just as important to me that I feel like I'm not using. So I really started praying about it and just journaling about it and just like I want to do something with this creative side of me but how do I fit this into this CrossFit world you know uh, or are they supposed to be separate just asking these questions to myself and to God um, and then in 2019 I think I think it was at the game we went to go watch the games in 2019 and I had been in communication with junk um, just because I wear headbands all the time. Uh, I was friends with them, but they approached me about joining their team, which totally caught me off guard. Like I didn't see that coming at all and was so ecstatic. That was really my first sponsorship. So um, just joined with them and they kind of had mentioned like, you know, if you want to do your own collection at point that yeah, we know you're artistic. We don't know what that looks like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it was really, I think it was during quarantine when I had just a ton of extra time, I reached out to them, them again and just said like, hey, can I design 
a collection? And they were like, yeah. So I just sat down one day and drew it all out by hand and sent it over to them and then worked with the designer to figure out color palettes and all that kind of stuff. Um, And then we launched that first line of headbands that was all completely my artwork that they put under the headbands. And when I saw them for the first time, like I got so emotional because it was like, this is it, you know, like at least for right now, like this is the combination of the artistic side of me and the athletic side of me. And also the faith side of me, like just being able to combine all those things and offer it to the world, you know, and it's really been a cool thing. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity that Junk has given me. When, and most of your designs are very faith-based, not all, but most are very faith-based. And so when, when, have you always been a Christian or did you just recently come to Christ? How did that come about? So, yeah, I would say I've always been a Christian. I was raised in a Christian home um, and I've always loved God, but definitely went through a phase of my life where I was trying to do it on my own and just kind of lost sight of that. Um, And then after, I think I was like 19, um, just kind of like came to a realization that I couldn't do life on my own and um God just really met me where I was at. And I met with a friend and just talked through some things that I was going through, different struggles. And she just explained God's love and his forgiveness and his grace. And um, she prayed with me. And that was really the first time that I like truly think that I accepted his love and grace and forgiveness and let that wash over me. Um, And then from there, just like viewed like my life was changed, like I was changed, viewed life very differently. Um, And that's when I really started living through like his direction and wanting to want it for my life versus like what I wanted for my life. And um, it's been a crazy adventure, but it's been really awesome, so. Do you think doing the line with junk is, is your way of spreading the word? In a way, yeah. I Yeah, and it's pretty cool that, like, they're not necessarily a faith-based company, you know, but they allow me to um, put out into the world what I believe. You know, like, they let me be my true self, which is very awesome, especially in today's day and age. Well, I, was, I had them up on my computer today, and my wife, for everyone, was, ooh, I like that one, and ooh, I like that one. So you'll probably get a couple sales this week <laughs> after I get off this podcast. That's yeah. great. Well, we want to sort of end this uh, hour with some rapid fire fun questions that, you know, people might not ever ask you again, <laughs> but we'll get the answers too. So Scott, you want to kick us off? So my first question is kind of just rolls right in from what we just talked about. What is your favorite Bible verse? I would say that my favorite Bible verse is Isaiah 6, 8. Um, Here I am, send me. Just something about um, just that open willingness to like, hey, God, whatever you have for my life. Like, if you need someone to go do something, like I'll raise my hand and I'll go. That's awesome. Mine is, what is your favorite rest day activity? 
favorite rest day activity, probably sleeping in um, and then just having a really slow, quiet morning um, and then just sitting down with a good book and my journal. Okay, this is a fun one. We actually asked this to a bunch of athletes behind the scenes at Mac um, a couple weeks ago. So think of your cell phone and aside from the calling app, the texting app and the email app, what okay. three apps could you not live without? Um, <laughs> okay, well, Instagram probably, unless I had to, I think I could probably live without it, without it but I use it probably the most. Um, and then the GPS app, like I have the worst sense of direction in the world. Like Jared all the time thinks I'm joking about <laughs> directional things, but I would be so lost if I didn't have my GPS. Um, and probably my calculator too. Like I use my calculator all the time. Well, my next question is about as far from the Bible verse question as you can get. Would okay. you rather would you rather spend the day as a bird or a fish? A bird. I think it'd be fun to fly. That's the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already. Uh, so if you were to be famous at absolute, absolutely anything, what would it be? Man. <sighs> that one's hard. Probably just being famous for being a good person, I guess. Um, I don't know. Fame hasn't been something that is like super, it almost intimidates me, but maybe art. art. Yeah. Okay. So picture yourself 30 years in the future. Okay. What, what does life look like for you? Well, I'd be about 60 years old. Um, I picture myself in a house that has a front porch and land and a garden and just being um, more self-sustainable. Uh, Jared will be in his 70s, so taking care of him, um, but still super active and just trying to be healthy, but also taking care of other people for sure. Okay. Any dogs in that vision? I'm a dog person. Yeah. Probably, probably one big dog and one smaller dog. Perfect. Yeah. How long would that beard be? Is the question. I don't know. I'm like, is he, I mean, we do trim it, but um, maybe he'll shave it. Who knows? Getting kind of gray. So. Yeah. That's the beard right. starts to show, show your age. My husband's got to go tea too. And he says the same thing. He's afraid to shave it, but he, he would like to do something about those gray hairs. They've got yeah. color schemes for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Christine, I've enjoyed this hour so much. It's been great getting to know you a little bit better. Um, we have a habit on this show of inviting people back for seconds um, when we like them a lot. And we also do a lot of couple, we love doing couple interviews. Um, had Christy and Patrick on before, Christy Ermo and her husband, Patrick. Um, and we had Marilyn and Dex on before. So we'd love to have you on again. And if we could get you and Jared together, I think that would be a fun, fun little yeah, that, to do as well. Yeah. So we wish you all the best of luck 
um, getting to the games. We hope you see you there. We'll be rooting you, rooting you on in a couple weeks. Thank and, you. Uh, you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with the Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.